Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro. Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Save big money now on new siding from LP Smart Side at Menards. Update and beautify your home with your choice of 13 timeless colors of pre-finished engineered siding. It's durable and includes a Sherwin-Williams factory finish paint warranty. That means no painting for years to come. View our entire selection of siding from LP Smart Side today. And don't forget to check out our flyer on Menards.com for all the great deals happening now. Save big money at Menards. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the October 28th episode of the Baking Bets Podcast, NFL Week 8. But I am sad to report that we did have a losing week last week. Week 7, I went 5-8 and eight for minus 2.14 units, so I'm sad to introduce the losing song. Losing sucks. And we can't go back. That brings us down to 68, 39, plus 27.78 units for the season. How about that for a losing song, eh? I give you the victory song. It's only fair I bring up a losing song. Simple plan. Anyone my age, that song probably reminds you of middle school. <laughs> we got that out of the way. We Let's let's keep it rolling. Listen, I wasn't going to win every single week. We were going to have some losing weeks. This is kind of the first actual losing week since last time I had a losing week. is only minus 0.05 units. This time is down 2.14, but that's okay. We're still up 27.78 units for the season, 68 and 39. We move on to week eight, and I got to say I love the board. Before I get into the picks, because there is 15 games this week, Ravens and Raiders are the only teams with a bye week. I will answer a question I've got a a few times on Twitter this past week, um, and it's about yards per play because obviously the stat that I cite the most uh, when handicapping the NFL, listen to even one of these episodes, you know it's yards per play, whether it's offensive yards per play, opponent yards per play, yards per pass attempt, yards per carry, etc. So the reason why is because it, when you're looking at statistics, you need to limit as many variables as possible. Now, you're never going to be able to limit as every single variable, or else then it wouldn't really be a sport. <laughs> But you can kind of limit, because if you look at things like yards per game instead of yards per play, then there's some other variables in place, such as how many plays did you run? Maybe the other team had a high uh, time of possession. Um, if you're looking at rushing yards, maybe you only you know ran the ball eight times. So if you're looking at rushing yards per game, maybe you only had... 80 yards of, of rushing offense that game, but that it can be a little misleading. Maybe you only had... 
10 carries. Maybe you averaged 8 yards per carry, but if you only look at rushing yards per game and you see 80, you're not going to think that much. So if you break it all down into yards per play in every single stat, in my opinion, that's the way that you kind of uh, uh, limit those variables as much as possible. I do that in other sports as well. Um, Points per possession in basketball, floor percentage I look at quite a bit, Um, but I'm going to get into college basketball here in a couple weeks because we're college basketball season less than two weeks away. I released my top 20 power rankings at fansided.com slash betsided for the college basketball season. As most of you have followed me the past few years, I love betting on college basketball. I ranked my top 20 teams heading into the season, and I already got Duke fans in my mentions mad at me. Go check out that article if you want to find out why. But I will get into college basketball on this podcast um, as the season kind of commences. I will give it a few weeks into the season before I start betting on it, so I have some stats to go off of. But But that is something to look forward to in the future. Um, subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Rate it, review it. We are growing at a rapid pace. I appreciate you all. Um, rating and review, it helps us more than anything else. So please do that if you haven't already. It only takes a few seconds. I found out you can't rate and review on Spotify. So I guess only if you're listening to this on Apple, uh, maybe some of the other podcasting um, platforms, you can rate and review it there. On Spotify, listening and following is good enough. I appreciate you all. I don't want to waste any more of your time. Let's get into the NFL Week 8 episode of the Bacon Bets Podcast. Let's go. More bacon than the pan can handle. 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 All right, let's get into the pick. Starting with the Thursday night football game, Packers-Cardinals. Now this, to me, is the most fascinating game to handicap so far this NFL season. So it opened up at Cardinals minus three. I love the Cardinals at that price. And then because Devontae Adams got ruled out, the line moved all the way up to minus six. And then because Alan Lazard was out and went to six and a half. So now the Cardinals are at minus six and a half at home. Now at that price, and there was my cat scratching at the door. She's going to be uh, annoying me all episode, I can tell. Um, at that price, I want to back the Packers. So all, all weekend I've been saying back the Packers because this is an underreact spot to the injury news. Devontae Adams isn't worth three points. Adam Lazard certainly isn't worth half a point. So I want, I was, all, all week I was going to say I was going to back the Packers. You probably saw me tweet it. Um... But, I'm not. I can't take the Cardinals either. What I'm doing in this game is I'm taking the under 50 at minus 105. So let me list off some stats here because, fascinating game. The Cardinals have the better offense. Yards per play, Packers 19th, Cardinals 7th. Yards per pass attempt, Packers 9th, Cardinals 2nd. Yards per carry, Packers 19th, Cardinals 16th. Red zone offense, Packers 22nd. Cardinals 7th, 3rd down offense, Packers 12th, Cardinals 8th. So the Cardinals have an advantage in all of those stats. Um, But I I knew that already, but then I thought, well, the Packers have the much better defense. So that's uh, I'm going to back the Packers, getting 6 points, better defense, Aaron Rodgers. But then I didn't know this until I sat down and handicapped the games. Their defenses are almost statistically exactly the same. So an opponent yards per play, Packers 10th, Cardinals 8th. Opponent yards per carry... 
Packers 30th, Cardinals 31st. That was another reason why I wanted to back the Packers because I thought, oh, they could just run the ball all over this Cardinals defense. I had no idea the Packers run defense was just as bad as the Cardinals. They were 30th and 31st. Opponent yards per pass attempt, Packers 5th, Cardinals 3rd. And now this is where it gets a little bit different is third down defense. Cardinals have the best third down defense in the NFL. Packers are 22nd. Red zone defense, Packers are 30th. Cardinals 11th. So Cardinals have the better offense. I just proved it with the stats. Both defenses are extremely comparable except for third down defense and red zone defense, which significant advantages go to the Cardinals. So does that mean I should back the Cardinals? I still don't know. I mean, the numbers are close enough. Six and a half points seems kind of ridiculous. Um, It is interesting that both teams are very good defending the pass and among the worst in the NFL in defending the run. So I legitimately don't know what to do in this game. Packers, it seems like a lot of points, but when you look at the stats, the Cardinals have the advantage in almost everything, but do they have enough of an advantage for it to be worth a a 6.5 point spread on Thursday night against the reigning MVP Aaron Rodgers? I'm going to take the under 50, because I think both defenses outside of the run defense, both defenses are very good, 10th and 8th in yards per play. Cardinals first and third down defense. How much is the pa- how much are the Packers going to be able to move the ball without Devontae Adams? They haven't moved the ball that well even with him this season. Like I said, 19th in the NFL in yards per play. Their offense has been average. Now the Cardinals are facing one of the better defenses that, that they've faced this, this NFL season in the Packers. So, I mean, Packers fifth in yards per pass attempt. Is Kyler Murray going to be able to have a big game through the air? I don't, tough, tough game, fascinating from a handicapping perspective. I wouldn't be shocked with any result. But if I back the Cardinals, I'll feel stupid if the Packers cover. If the back the, the Packers, I think the Cardinals will seem like an obvious pick. And whatever happens, this is going to be one of those games where in hindsight it's going to look obvious, I think. But the total, I think we are getting some value with, I think the, I don't think people realize how good the two teams' defenses are. I'd set the total at around 48, so I think we're getting a couple points of value there. So I'm going to take the under 50. Betting under suck, especially in prime time. Uh, I'll take the under 50 at minus 105, but fascinating, fascinating, fascinating game. And if you saw me on Twitter say I was going to back the Packers and you already tailed it, sorry. I don't lock in my picks till Wednesday night right before I record. And after sitting down and looking at the numbers and thinking about it, I like the under better than anything else. But I wouldn't be shocked with any result. Moving on to Panthers-Falcons. I am 10-2 this season on my Moneyline picks. Uh, all of them underdogs. One of them was a pick uh, I just have it listed in my system as, as a Moneyline. I tweeted out my Excel sheet for Moneylines there uh, earlier this week. 10-2, and two, and this is my Moneyline underdog pick of the week. I have another very, very small one later on, but... Panthers plus 145 against my Falcons. This might be an emo hedge, but this is also a huge sell-high spot on the Falcons by low spot on the Panthers. And you know that I like to do, I like to treat sports betting like the stock market. Got to sell high, got to buy low. That's what I did with the Bengals and Ravens last week. I'm doing it this week with the Panthers and Falcons. Let's not forget, as much as I love my Falcons, I need to put my Falcons fandom aside here because the Falcons fandom me says the Falcons are a good team once spot over the playoffs. They're going to be five and three after these next two weeks and they're going to be right there in a wild card spot. But the sports better in me says, let's not forget that the Falcons wins this season have come against the Giants, Jets, and Dolphins. And they need a last-second drive to both beat the Dolphins and the Giants. 
Now, have they looked more impressive recently than they did at the start of the season? Yes, absolutely. Specifically, their offensive line now went from like one of the like the worst in the NFL through the first couple of games to now being like an average to above average offensive line. So that's promising. But in classic Falcons fashion, as soon as they start convincing people that they're feisty, that they're a decent team, they're going to lose. That's the rule. If there's anything I know as a Falcons fan, that's what they do. As soon as they set you up for high expectations, they crush your heart. Also, the Panthers' offense, Sam Darnold, still sucks. I'm not going back on that take, but their defense continues to be a solid defense despite losing their last four games. Third in the NFL in opponent yards per play. Fourth in opponent yards per pass attempt. Fifth in sack percentage. And meanwhile, the Falcons' defense ranks 20th or worse in almost every single defensive category. So big defensive advantage for the Panthers. We're buying low on them. We're selling high on the Falcons. Panthers plus 145. It's an emo hedge. If I lose this bet, at least my Falcons win. Moving on, I got a couple of ugly bets again this week. Yeah, you have to. You can't take the you can't take the public side in every single pick, then you're gonna you're gonna lose. So speaking of which, my first ugly bet of the week is Dolphins. Dolphins plus three and a half, minus one oh four against the Buffalo Bills. This bet stinks. Big favorites can't keep covering at a high rate in the NFL, though. They seem like a lot of big favorites are covering so far this season. We're going to see some regression on that, I think. What the Titans did to the Bills a couple weeks ago uh, concerns me because that was supposed to, the Bills' defense was supposed to be one of the best in the NFL. Statistically, they still are, but the Titans torched them. And I know the Bills blanked the Dolphins 35 nothing a few weeks back, but weird things happen in the NFL. And also, don't forget, that was the game that Tua got hurt, like the first drive. And since he's been back... Tua's actually been very good. Now, the public perception on Tua is that he still sucks, and it's because he's not winning games, and he threw a couple of bad picks last week. But his numbers have been impressive in his in his latest two games. Against the Jaguars, he went 33 for 47, 329 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And then last week against the Falcons, 32 for 40. What's that, a 70, 80% completion rate? Or 70% or 80%? 80%, I think. Uh, yeah, 80% completion rate. He went 32 for 40 for 291 yards, four touchdowns, and then he had two interceptions. One of them was very bad. But outside of those interceptions, two very promising starts. But also, I do recognize that it was against the Jaguars and the Falcons' defenses. But uh, the Dolphins rank near the uh, bottom in yards per play this season. Over their last three games, though, they actually rank 13th. Out of all NFL teams' last three games, the Dolphins are actually 13th in yards per play. So their offense is trending up. Smelly bet. It sucks. 94% of bets are on the Bills also. This is a big fade the public play. Um, I'll take Dolphins plus 13.5 at minus 104. We got the Eagles and Lions. Don't like this bet at all. I am going to take the Eagles minus 3.5 though at minus 105. The Lions covered for me last week against the Rams, but I still think somehow the people are overvaluing the Lions team. It feels like every time that they play in a close game, then people are like, oh, well, then next week is the week they're going to get the win. Remember when people thought that they are going to beat the Bengals? <laughs> that looks stupid like two weeks and I'd like two weeks later. Um, but this comes, this pick, uh, the reason why I'm on the Eagles is it comes down to the defenses. Eagles is just way better than the Lions defense. Both offenses stink, but the Eagles defense has been way better so far. Ninth in opponent yards per play. Lions are 30th. 14th, Eagles are in opponent yards per pass attempt. Lions are dead last in that stat, and ninth and 11th in opponent yards per carry. So comparable there, but in total yards and it definitely in the in the secondary, Eagles are much, much better. Um, 
People keep saying, yeah, people keep saying, oh, the line, this is the week the Lions are going to win. This is the week the Lions are going to win. Is it possible the Lions just don't win this season? It's happened before. Jared Goff stinks. Their defense stinks. I'll back them in spots where they're huge underdogs because they do kind of keep games close that probably shouldn't be close, but I'm going to take the Eagles minus 3.5 at minus 105 in this one this week, but it's certainly not one of my, my, my better plays, that's for sure. This is my other money line underdog this week. Very slight one, though. I'm taking Titans at even money. This is one of the plays that I'm with the public on. Uh, I'm going against my own narrative that the Titans are frauds here, but the Colts are shitty, too. These two teams have already played against each other, and the Titans dominated more than the final score of 25-16 to 16 would indicate. The Titans averaged 5.7 yards per play in that game. Colts only averaged 4.6. They also got 4.9 yards per rush against this Colts defense. Um which is promising if you want to bet on the Titans. Now, obviously, the Titans are on the road in this one. They were at home last time, so maybe that will make a little bit of a difference. But I don't like either team, to be to be honest. Titans' defense has looked a little bit better recently. Colts' offense has looked a little bit better recently. Uh, but Colts' defense has looked terrible. Tough, tough game to call, in my opinion. But I, I do kind of like the Titans based on what they are able to do with him. Because that game was only, like, four weeks ago five weeks ago i think it was week two or week three um yeah a lot of general season long numbers for both teams are comparable the titans are significantly better so far and on third down and in the red zone there's a garbage truck in here the weekly appearance of the new york city garbage truck i moved my desk is a little bit further away from the window but hopefully you still pick that up uh the weekly the, the only guest i have on a weekly basis is my friend uh the garbage truck <laughs> uh, but yeah, Titans are better on third down and in the red zone 11th and third down 18th in red zone offense. Colts are 21st and 31st in those stats. Second last in the NFL and red zone offense right now. So taking Titans, even money on the money line against the Colts. And we're looking at Rams, Texans. I'm with the public on this one. Rams minus 14 and a half, minus 105 against the Texans. I know last week I said I draw the line at two touchdowns. Someone pointed out, I forget who it was, um, I apologize for forgetting who it was, but it was on Twitter, and they said, Ian, you said you draw the line at two touchdowns and you would never bet on a two-touchdown favorite, but a few weeks ago you took Bills minus 16 against the Texans, which, fair enough. I guess I forgot I did that, um, and now I'm doing it again. So just me saying I'll never bet on a two-touchdown favorite, uh, I lied. How about that? Um... Now, this is a game I wish I didn't have to bet on until later in the week, because if Tyrod Taylor was a quarterback, I would love the Texans in this spot. But I cannot back Davis Mills after what he did last week. The fucking Texans couldn't couldn't cover eight. Oh, by the way, I, complete side note, my dad called me this past week. He apparently found out, the, out about this podcast, which I don't know how, and he li listens to it, and he got mad at me for swearing. So I apologize, Dad. I just swore. I got to stop swearing. <laughs> I gotta stop it. <laughs> the Texans couldn't cover an effing 20-point spread against the Cardinals last week. That's disgusting. Now, if Tyrod Taylor was playing, I would like the Texans a lot more as a two-touchdown underdog. Um, I try to find out if he is playing this week. I Googled it tonight, and literally the top two articles that showed up were the first one said, Davis Mills may still play on Sunday. And the second article said, Tyrod Taylor may play on Sunday. So I don't know what's going to happen. I have to lock this bet on Wednesday night because I'm a man of my word and I'm a man of integrity and I can't change it. So if you're by the time you're listening to this, if it's confirmed that Tyrod Taylor is starting, then I would like the Texans at the current number of 14 and a half. But because I think 
that Davis Mills is still going to start. I cannot risk betting on the Texans with Davis Mills at quarterback. He stinks. Houston, 29th in opponent yards per pass attempt. Rams are third in offensive yards per pass attempt, so they should just be able to do what they want offensively against them. Rams defense is top-notch. I can't get the disgusting taste out of my mouth from what the Texans not being able to cover that spread last week. Give me the Rams, minus 14.5, minus 105. Then we got jets Bengals. You want to talk about stinky bets? I'm going to regret this. Give me the Jets, plus 10.5 at minus 105. A week after I cashed a big Moneyline underdog bet on the Bengals, I'm now betting against them, and I'm betting on the Jets. This is a disaster pick. But, could there ever be a more buy-low-sell-high game than this one? The Bengals all of a sudden are the first seed in the AFC West, or, sorry, first seed in the AFC, also AFC North for what it's worth. Everyone's all over them. They just beat up, destroyed the Ravens. Jets look like the worst, one of the worst teams in NFL history. Zach Wilson is hurt. A guy named Mike White is getting the start for the Jets. Is there has there ever been a more buy low, sell high game than this? But to defend my pick of the Jets, Mike, sure, this Mike White fella is starting for the Jets, but could he possibly be worse than Zach Wilson? He could be just as bad, to be fair, but could he be? I don't think he could physically be worse. And the Jets' defense still average in a lot of categories. They're fine. Last week, they got shellacked by the Patriots, but that was a bit of an anomaly game, I think, for their defense. Still 11th in red zone defense. Uh, average in most other defensive statistics. Uh, but I don't have many other stats because everyone in the dog is on the Bengals. The spread has moved up over 10 points. Now that it is up over 10 points, I got it back, the Jets. It's disgusting, though. It's a gross bet. I hate it. I'll probably regret it. You'll probably see me tweet on Sunday afternoon, why the hell did I ever bet on the Jets? But here we are. Jets plus 10 and a half, minus 105. Browns and Steelers. Going to take the Browns in this one. Browns minus three and a half, minus 112. They are dealing with a million injuries. I don't care. Baker Mayfield might be back. I doubt it, but it looks like Nick Chubb will be. But this is a fade of the Steelers because they stink. Um... You probably think the Steelers' defense is better than the Browns, but listen to these numbers. So I'm a little distracted. My neighbors who live above me, I don't know what they're doing. Can is that, I don't know if that's being picked up through the microphone or not, but what are they doing up there? Playing bocce ball? It's 11 o'clock at night, friends. You don't move furniture and start bowling down the middle of your living room at 11 o'clock at night. What the hell is going on up there? Up. <laughs> All right, listen to these statistics. Opponent yards per play. These, these, so these are defensive statistics. Opponent yards per play. Browns second, Steelers 16th. Opponent yards per carry. Browns second, Steelers 17th. Very important. I'll come back to that one. Opponent yards per pass attempt. Browns 11th, Steelers 17th. Sack percentage. Browns third, Steelers 7th. My point is, if you're betting on the Steelers, a reason for it is probably because you think the Steelers defense is better. Statistically, my friends, that's not true. Now, I brought up opponent yards per carry. Browns second, Steelers 17th. That's very important because we know that the Browns love to run the ball. First in yards per carry in the NFL at 5.3. Steelers are 27th at 3.7. So you've got the best run offense against a very average run defense. And you have the a bad run offense against a very good run defense. So that means that if the Steelers want to win this game, it has to be with Big Ben's arm. And I don't think he can do it. The guy stinks. As I've been saying all season, as I said in the offseason, 
Steelers are 29th in the NFL in yards per pass attempt. Attempt. Browns are 8th. Now, of course, if Case Keenum starts, then it's a little bit different um, as far as the, Bra- the Browns aren't the 8th best passing team with Case Keenum at quarterback, but Steelers are 29th regardless. Browns minus 3.5. What I say the juice was not minus 112. 49ers-Bears. Give me the 49ers at minus 4, minus 111. I'm kind of owed on the 49ers. I don't know if I can I want to bet on them, but I certainly don't want to bet on the Bears because the Bears suck. They stink. Dead last in yards per play. They're getting sacked on 12.56% of dropbacks. That's last in the NFL by about 2%. 49ers defense should be all over them. I mean, the total is in its, is in the 30s, which is all you kind of need to know about that game. Total's at 39.5, which is just insane. Kyle Shanahan, better coach than Matt Nagy. There's no question about that. Not going to overthink this one. Going to continue to fade the Bears at anything less than a touchdown because their offense stinks. Unless they play, like, one of the worst defenses in the NFL, then that, that might make things a little bit different, especially if they play a bad rush defense. Uh, but the 49ers defense is is good enough that they're going to cause a lot of issues for this Bears offense. That sucks. Sucks. 49ers minus 4, minus 111. Jaguars, Seahawks. Uh, I'm going to take the over in this one. Oh, one thing I'm going to do, by the way. One guy requested this semi message. He said that the games where I give a total... Uh, to give my lean on a side because he has like a pick and pool or something. Have I give? Oh, okay. So I would lean. Uh, pa- I would lean Cardinals on thir- on Thursday night. And for this one where I'm going Jaguars Seahawks over 43 and a half. If it's a spread thing, then uh, I would back the Jaguars. But I like the overs uh, better. Um, each team's last three games. So in yeah in the NFL, each team their last three games. If you look at how they've done in yards per play, the Jaguars rank fifth. They've averaged 6.5 yards per play over their last five games. Um, And their play recently has now caused their offense to move up to 13th in the NFL for season average yards per play. So their offense has been actually a lot better. And it's something that I have said in podcasts previously, that it seems like every game Trevor Lawrence is getting better. They're also second in the NFL. Second appearance, by the way, speaking of second, second appearance by the New York City garbage truck. Shout out. Jaguars are second in the NFL in yards per carry, 5.3 behind only the Browns. Now, meanwhile, the Jaguars' defense stinks, and that's why I'm going to bet on the over instead of backing them, because their defense stinks. 31st in opponent yards per play, 31st in opponent yards per pass attempt. So even though Geno Smith is throwing the ball for the Seahawks, you have to think that the Seahawks' receiving core can get open against the Jaguars. So we got Jaguars' offense surprisingly good, defense second worst in the NFL next to the Chiefs, Seahawks defense is below average to bad in almost every stat. And then the Seahawks offense, yes, bad with Geno Smith, but still have the weapons out wide to exploit the Jaguars secondary. Secondary Also, it's a low total, only 43.5. I would set this total at 45, 45.5. So give me the over on this one between the Jaguars and Seahawks. Chargers against the Patriots. Uh, it was minus 6 earlier in the week. I liked it at that number. I gave that out at, uh, on the bet-sided round table, but when I went to go lock in my pick before recording tonight, the line is down to minus 5 at minus 110, so I like that even more, my friends. The way to beat the Chargers defense is by running the ball, and Patriot, the Patriots are not effective in doing that. 22nd in yards per carry. Now, outside of that, if you look at the stats, then you they may fool you into liking the Patriots in this game, but... 
this is a game where strength of schedule is huge. That's why every game, especially early in the season, you have to look at strength of schedule. This game is a perfect example of it. Let's remember that four of the Patriots' seven games so far this season have come against the Dolphins, the Texans, and the Jets twice. So those are the three worst teams in the NFL, and they have four of their seven games have come against the three worst teams, without a doubt. The, <coughs> excuse me, the Dolphins, Texans, and Jets are the three worst teams. Jets twice, Texans once, Dolphins once. They lost to the Dolphins. They almost lost to the Texans. Um, they got just mollywopped by the Saints, who are an average team at best. And then now, now they did play the Bucks and Cowboys and played them close. I have to, you know, be fair. They did play two very good teams close. But my point still stands. Four of their seven games have been complete cakewalks. So the stats are a little bit misleading. Meanwhile, the Chargers, they played Washington in week one, and they haven't played a bad team since then. Cowboys, Chiefs, Raiders, Browns, Ravens, way tougher schedules than the Patriots. Um, way tougher schedule than the Patriots, and it's really not even close. So the stats are a little bit misleading. What we do know is that Patriots aren't effective at carrying the, or running the ball. Even against these cupcake teams, they're still 22nd in the NFL in yards per carry. Um, Chargers win this one big. How about that? Chargers minus 5, minus 110. What are the people living above me doing right now? It's quarter after 11. Who rearranges their furniture this late at night? Uh, Washington. Washington, Denver, what a, what a shit show. Maybe one day this podcast will be in an actual studio. I doubt it. Uh, Washington, Denver, I'm going to go with the over on this one. If you want to know my side, I would lean Washington, uh, but I'm going to take the over 44 at minus 115. This is one where I don't really know what's going to happen. It seems like every week there's at least one game that I have almost nothing to say about it, and this week it's the Washington-Denver game. Washington offense isn't bad at moving the ball, except they turn the ball over all the time. Screwed me last week against the Packers. Uh, Couldn't fucking get the ball in the end zone. Sorry. Couldn't friggin' get the ball in the end zone. (laughs) Broncos offense is bad. Washington defense has been terrible, though, so the Broncos should be able to move the ball. I don't know. This game sucks. I don't know. Who knows? It's two two bad teams. Give me the over 44 minus 115. Let's root for points, and I probably won't even watch a second of this game. I'll look at the score afterwards, and hopefully it'll hit. Uh, Bucks saints this is this is my f- maybe next to the Chargers. This is my my second favorite bet of the week. Bucks Saints under fifty minus one ten. If you're telling me to choose a side, I would take the Bucks, but I like the under quite a bit because the Saints offense stinks, but their defense is fantastic. And now the Bucks defense is certainly good enough to shut shut down the Saints offense. So let's just kind of dive into some numbers here. Saints defense, sixth in opponent yards per play, first in opponent yards per carry, seventh in third down defense, and first in red zone defense. All very good numbers. Obviously the best rush defense in the NFL, best red zone defense in the NFL. All very good signs if you want to bet an under. And then you look at the Saints offense, 27th in yards per play, 23rd in third down defense, 18th in yards per pass him, 24th in yards per carry. They also call more run plays than any other team in the NFL. 52.97% of their offensive play calls are run plays, and the Bucks are third in opponent yards per carry. So a team that runs the ball a ton now has to go up against a very good run defense. That's not good if you're looking for a lot of points. And then obviously the Bucks defense is great in general. Um, and then, I mean, I'm not going to cite any stats about the Bucks offense because we know how good the Bucks offense is with Tom Brady, but they're going up against one of the better defenses in the NFL. So I'm surprised, I'm very surprised that this total is at 50. If I were to set this total, it'd be at like 47 probably. 
Uh, so this is one of my favorite plays of the week. I like the under 50 minus 110 between the Bucks and the Aints, or the Yucks and the Aints. Cowboys-Vikings. This one's a tricky one. So this is Sunday Night Football. Big time re- re- uh, reverse line movement in this one. It seems like almost every Viking... Is, Sharps love the Vikings this year. Because we saw a reverse line movement when the Vikings took on the Cardinals earlier in the year. The Cardinals did win the game, but the Vikings did cover. If you remember, that was the one the Vikings had a shot of the game-winning field goal and missed it. But they did cover the spread, and that was a game where the public was all over the Cardinals, but the line moved towards the Vikings, and we see the same thing here. Line was, I believe, minus 2.5, if I'm correct, and everyone's all over the Cowboys. Um, All the money's on Dallas. But the line has slowly creeped all the way to the Vikings, and now it's down to minus one. Now, usually in this situation, I would side with the Sharps. The Sharps are Sharps for a reason. But call me a square on this play, guys. I'm going with I'm going siding with the public. I'm going with Cowboys minus one, minus one twenty. I have to. Cowboys are third in the NFL in yards per carry, getting five point one yards per rush. Vikings are 29th in opponent yards per carry at four point eight. So third best uh, rushing offense against fourth worst rushing defense. The biggest strength of the Vikings defense is their pass rushing. They actually lead the NFL in sack percentage at 9.33%, but the Cowboys are sixth in the NFL in QB sack percentage, so they've protected Dak Prescott pretty well. Cowboys also first in the NFL in yards per play. I think you have to say the Cowboys are the best offense so far this NFL season. Vikings are down at 10th. Vikings are 17th in opponent yards per play. Cowboys are 29th. So when you look at overall defense, the advantage does go towards the Vikings. But I just don't trust Kirk Cousins and the Vikings offense to be able to keep pace with the Cowboys offense, despite the Cowboys defense being so bad. I mean, I think the stat that that sticks out to me the most and why I like the Cowboys, why I kind of tip the scales towards the Cowboys for me is the fact that they're very effective at running the ball and the Vikings run defense is the weakest part of their defense. So I don't know. They, I, I'm not, certainly this is certainly not, won't be one of my top five best bets, but I, I, I got to base it on the, on the statistics and the st- statistics tell me Cowboys, even though sharps all are all over, all over the Vikings. So take that information for what it's worth. Um, if you want to side with the sharps, go with the Vikings. And we got Giants, Chiefs, Monday Night Football. Don't have much to say about this one. Um, you could put an offense together that's made up of 11 Hall of Famers in their prime uh, of their career, and I still wouldn't bet on the Chiefs to cover a double-digit spread. Their defense is historically bad. Dead last in yards per play at 6.6. Next closest is the Jaguars at 6.3. So they're still giving up an average of 0.3 yards per play more than the next worst defense. Bottom five in run defense, pass defense, third down defense, red zone defense, every single defensive statistic. They're, if not last, they're second, third, fourth, and then a couple ones, their strength, the strengths of their defense, they're fifth last in the NFL. So I know the Giants are bad, but if I ever bet on a 10-point favorite on a team that has the worst defense in the NFL, feel free to slap me. That's not going to happen. It's a. I don't like betting on the Giants against the Chiefs. Like just saying that sounds gross, but plus ten against the worst defense in the NFL, and it's not even close. I have to do it. Giants plus ten, minus one fifteen. So there you go. I'm going to recap my plays really quick. I'll give you my top five, and I'll give you my teaser. I won my teaser last week, by the way, and then I'll quickly just talk some Survivor here. Um, all right, quick, quick recap. 
Packers Cardinals under 50 minus 105 Panthers plus 145 on the money line against the Falcons Dolphins plus 13 and a half minus 104 against the Bills Eagles minus three and a half minus 105 against the Lions Titans even money on the money line against the Colts Rams minus 14 and a half minus 105 against the Texans Jets plus 10 and a half minus 105 against the Bengals Browns minus three and a half minus 112 against the Steelers 49ers minus four minus 111 against the Bears Jaguars Seahawks over 43 and a half minus 110 chargers minus five minus 110 against the patriots washington denver over 44 minus 115 bucks saints under 50 minus 110 cowboys minus one minus 120 against the vikings giants plus 10 minus 115 against the chiefs my top plays are browns minus three and a half these are my top five best bets browns minus three and a half jag seahawks over 43 and a half bucks saints under 50 chargers minus five in the panthers on the money line my favorite teaser last week i told you to tease the packers and the bucks uh it hit but it turns out you didn't even have to tease them you might as well just parlay both uh at the flop line um, but it's still one so one and oh my my teasers on this podcast this time i'm telling you to tease up two teams Tease the Jaguars from plus three to plus nine and the Washington football team from plus three to plus nine. How about that? So you got Jaguars plus nine uh, against the um, Seahawks and you got Washington plus nine against the Broncos. Survivor, I mean, it's late enough in the season. I'm going to... My pick for Survivor this week is I'm on uh, the Bills against the Dolphins, even though I'm on the Dolphins cover. Bills should. I'll be shocked if they don't win that game. Uh, Bengals are obviously the, the other choice. The sneaky pick, I think, would be the Eagles. Uh, Three-point favorites against the Lions. I really don't think the Lions are getting the first game of the season. Is it going to be a close game where they cover? Possibly. I don't think they're going to win their first game. So if you need a sneaky kind of off-the-radar Survivor pick, I'll tell you the Eagles. Fade the Lions. There you have it, my friends. This was the NFL Week 8 episode of the podcast, Bacon Bets Podcast. Subscribe, rate, review, all that good stuff. I appreciate you all. Best of luck with your bets this weekend, whether you tail, fade, or a mix of both. Best of luck. And I'll talk to you all next week. Welcome to another round of Drawing Board or Miro Board. Today we discuss technical diagramming with systems architect Maya. Let's go. First question. You've spent 10 hours slogging over a sequence diagram that should have taken five. Drawing Board or Miro Board? Drawing Board. And if I'm being honest, Miro would probably cut that time down by half. You know, with its AI tools and ready-to-go templates. Next, your diagrams become so bulky, it's more complex than the solar system. But all it takes is a few clicks and... It's Miro. I've used those technical shape packs way too many times. And stuff is just digestible on its infinite online canvas. Now, the final question. Everyone's brought in. But you have to make all these tasks all the way over in Jira. But wait, it's done. Is it... Miro. Easy with its two-way Jira sync. Easy to plot dependencies. Everyone always knows what's up. And she's done it. Join over 60 million people creating technical diagrams without workflow glitches. Get your first three boards for free at Miro.com. That's M-I-R-O.com. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals.